wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. And comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Welcome into the Lockdown Royals Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review there. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Let me know your opinions on whatever we discuss. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing the new MLB playoff format, the Pocota projections for the Royals and also previewing spring training because right now the Kansas City Royals are in surprise Arizona getting ready to start their workouts tomorrow. So it's a fun time. Baseball is back, and we're back in the swing of things now. Let's start with this new MLB playoff format. It's being proposed, and it would and it would be implemented in 2022 if it does pass. Here's the thing. I think it's going to pass because the MLB would not, link this, would not leak this if it wasn't going to happen. They would not they would not put this out in public if, if it was not a for sure thing. That's why I think that the NL will get a DH. These things, when they come out, they're pretty much finalized. It's pretty much going to happen. And if you look at this, who would say no to this? The players wouldn't say no. Yes, they have to play more games, but you get a playoff bonus when you make the playoffs. So, so expanding the amount of teams that make the playoffs just get you that playoff bonus. The owners won't say no because, again, you're getting more games. You're getting more more TV money because whenever you do this, you're going to be re-upping the TV deals to get more playoff games on national TV. So the TV money increases. You have more of a shot to play longer, which also gets you more money. And then, of course, you have a, once you're in there, you have a shot to go to the World Series. So there's no one who will turn this down in the new CBA after this season. Whenever this gets proposed and voted on in the, uh, in the collective bargaining agreement, no one is going to say no. The, again, the players, sure, a little bit more games. You have to play three instead of one in the wild card, and you've got to travel your way through the playoffs. But that playoff bonus check is still pretty good, especially for players who haven't gotten their first contract yet, who are still under arbitration. So that playoff bonus check does mean a lot, and they're not going to turn down a chance to go to the playoffs. So expanding this is is a yes from all sides of baseball. The only people that don't have a, that, that have an issue with this are not inside baseball. It's the fans outside of baseball, and their biggest argument is that baseball is not the NBA or it's not the NHL or it's not the foot the NFL. It's not any of those things. It's baseball, and that that the playoffs should be, uh, you know, this this high holy grail, and that there's no participation trophies. I'll tell you this. Let's just take basketball and baseball. Let's just take those two and forget the other two sports. In basketball, there's 82 games. That's way too long for a basketball season. In baseball, there's 162 games. That is way too long for a baseball season. In basketball right now, the Portland Trailblazers are 
inching close to a playoff spot. They're only a game and a half out of a playoff spot while they're under 500. In the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic are a few games under 500, and they are in the playoffs if the season ended today. It keeps those fans of Portland, Orlando, Washington, it keeps those fans engaged and, and interested in the season because there's still that chance that you can climb up. There's still that chance that you can get to the postseason. There's still that chance you can make the playoffs, which is still a big deal for fans, no matter how many teams are in it. Orlando last year played the Raptors in the playoffs. They knew they were going to lose, and yet they still packed the house in Orlando, and they still showed up because the playoffs still matter to fans. And the more fans that you can get invested in these 162 games, which is where the which is where baseball struggles, they really struggle from game one to 162. The playoffs are fine. The playoffs are fine for every sport. People who don't even know anything about hockey watch the hockey playoffs. People who don't even know anything about basketball watch the baseball playoffs. Basketball playoffs. Same thing for baseball. So the playoffs are fine no matter what number you have it at. But it's, it's getting people's interest for 1 to 162. For example, this year, the Royals. They are going to be under 500 and buried by May. If there's seven teams that can make it in the AL, though, they might not get buried until July. They might not get buried until September. And that's the Royals, who we all expect to lose near 100 of their games. But you're still fighting for that 7 spot. And even if you want to take a better example than that. So this is the best example I can offer to somebody. Look at the Red Sox last year. They finished in 7th place. They missed out on the wild card. And it doesn't look like they've improved at all. So what do they do this offseason? They trade the second best player in the sport and David Price to the Dodgers. That trade does not happen if this playoff format is implemented. And if they are the seventh best team in the AL, that does not happen. Now, this is where baseball can take the edge from other sports. This is where they can finally improve in this way because their sport is so is so random. Because if you're the seventh seed and you're the one seed, you each have the same opportunities, the same odds to get to the World Series. That's not the case for basketball. Once you get in, the Thunder that are going to get in the playoffs, the Magic that are going to get in the playoffs, the Trailblazers who might get in the playoffs, the Grizzlies who are in the playoffs, those teams get in, they have absolutely no shot at advancing. They have absolutely no shot at a NBA final championship. There's no way. But in baseball, once you get in, anything can happen. Look what the Royals did in 2014. Look what the Giants did in 2014. Look at what the Nationals just did this last year. And so on and so forth. So all you need to do is let people get in. Now back to the Red Sox for a second. If they are just striving for that seventh place, they're not trading Mookie Betts. Their fans are not, are not outraged. They're not punting on this season. They are not going into the year hoping for third place in the AL East. They're going into this year hoping for the postseason. And if we had the seven-team format, how many teams this year would feel like they can't make the postseason? You would have the Tigers. You would have the Marlins. You would have the Orioles. You would have the Royals. You would have... I think that that might be it. I think that that might be the list right there. 
that didn't have a shot. Now, obviously, they can't all get in, but those are the ones that you don't think have a shot. In, in, in either comp, the Giants don't have a shot, even if it was seven teams, they don't have a shot. Even if that was implemented this year, there's only five teams who feel like they can't get there. Now, it's going to be an uphill battle for some of them, but they feel like they can get there. Whereas if you keep it the way it is, I can rattle off five or six more teams who can't get there based on the limited number of entries. And again, this is where baseball separates itself. We all, we're, again, the, the old heads on Twitter are talking about the participation trophy aspect and the culture of, of millennials and blah, 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 the same old song and dance that they go through. This is where it changes. It's baseball. The Royals, look at their look at their runs, okay? I assume everyone listening to the Lockdown Royals podcast is a Royals fan. Look at how they got there. Look at how they got to the World Series in 2014. It took a magical hit down the line from Salvador Perez to win that game. After Ned Yost called in Yoldana Ventura after pitching on Sunday, and Ventura gave up the home run, and we were all thinking it was over, and, and he melted down on the mound, and, and it was over for us. And then all of a sudden, Salvador Perez hits one ball down the line. Next thing you know, the, the Royals are in the World Series. Sweeping their way to the World Series. Baseball's crazy. A lot of the stuff in baseball shouldn't happen. Look at the next year. They shouldn't have beat the Astros. You can make an argument they shouldn't have beat the Blue Jays. You can make an argument they shouldn't have won Game 1 against the Mets, they shouldn't have won Game 5 against the Mets, and then the series is totally different. Baseball can win this fight if they do this playoff format. I, I truly believe that. Because, again, in in uh, basketball, the 5-7 through seven seed have no chance at the postseason. The 5-8 through eight seed, excuse me, 5-8 through eight have no chance at winning a championship in either conference. That's different in baseball. The 5 through 8, the 5 through 7 in baseball can get hot at the right time. They can win a baseball series. If you put the Marlins this year in a three-game series at the end, they can beat anybody because it's baseball. They can get two. They're the Marlins. Same thing for the Royals. I'm not picking on the Marlins. Same thing for the Royals. Baseball can win the battle of interest by expanding the playoffs because you get more teams in there, you get more playoff games in there, which more casual fans watch the postseason, and you get the upsets, which is all sports fans care about. They don't watch March Madness to see Kansas and Kentucky walk their way to the Final Four. They they watch Mark Mad- March Madness to see Kansas get beat by v- uh, UNVC or to watch uh, Virginia get beat by a 16 seed. That's why they watch the March Madness tournament. They want the upsets. They want the underdog story. They want the Cinderella story. And baseball can provide that, unlike any other sport. So expanding the baseball postseason format would actually be very good for the game. I don't see an argument against it. And then even if you're on top, even if you're on this whole seventeen playoff with me, then people quibble with the fact that I don't like them picking their opponent. My question is why? Why don't you like the fact that they can pick their matchup? Because I have a feeling that if this was implemented into football, you would all love it. Here's my thing. The the protection is is just that. It's a protection. Most of the time, most years, you're still going to pick the team with the worst record. Because most of the time, that still presents to you the most favorable matchup. However, 
This is an added layer of protection for if something happens to where they're not the worst team in the field. If the Yankees last year, look at last year, they had all those injuries. It was devastating. And every time you turned around, someone was heading to the IL. Every time you turned around. And you always thought this is the death blow for that for that team. This is the death blow for their season. And they overcame it. And they ended up with one of the best records in all of baseball. That was a magical run. That was a magical season for them. Let's take it back, though, and say, what if instead of having one of the best records in baseball, they actually, okay, they actually sneak into the wild card game because of it. They lose the division to the to the Rays, and they sneak into the wild card. They're still a great team. They're still a team that you want to avoid to play, but their record is deceiving because of all the injuries that they had prior to getting to the postseason. So you wouldn't want to pick the the Yankees, and you shouldn't have to go up against the Yankees if they're going to present a harder matchup for you just because the Yankees were injured for most of the season. Now, how often does that happen? How often is the final team in the postseason, especially when you when you when whenever you expand this to seven teams, how often... Is the final team in there not the not the worst team of the bunch? Look at last year's standings. The last team, though, would have been the Red Sox. They would have been number seven. The Indians would have been number six. If I'm a team in the postseason and I'm getting first pick of who I want to play, I'm not picking the Red Sox. I'm picking the Indians. I believe that the Red Sox, for a cut for us for a three game series, I believe that they could have got hot and they could have beat whoever they went up against. Anyone that they went up against. I don't have that same confidence in the Indians because their record, again, is misleading in the sense of they got to beat up on the White Sox. They got to beat up on the Royals. They got to beat up on the Tigers. They weren't as good as their record said, given the fact that they would have made the playoffs if this format was implemented. So it's just an added layer of protection. And it's only going to be about matchups. And it's going to add... A level of excitement because think about it this way. Think about that Johnny Gomes speech at the end of the at the end of the 2015 season. MVP not on our team, rookie of the year not on our team. Blah blah blah. You all know the speech. What if you get to add to that? They wanted to play us and they lost. That storyline, that drama. That's what's missing from the game of basketball. From the game of, of uh, baseball. Basketball has it with Twitter and the arguments on Twitter. And, you know, just last night, Joel Embiid sends out one tweet and the NBA steals the headlines for the entire day, despite baseball presenting a radical change, which many people have called for for a long time of of baseball being boring and stale. They present a radical change. What happens? It gets overshadowed by a tweet from Joel Embiid. But that drama can be brought to baseball with this format, including picking who you play. Because, again, if you pick who you're going to play and you lose, that's going to be... That's going to be hell to pay on Twitter from uh, from opposing players. In in the interviews, they're all going to talk about it. They wanted to play us, they lost. That just adds a level of drama. And again, I think if it's the N- NBA that, prom- that um, proposes this, if it's the NFL that proposes this, everyone loves it. Everyone thinks it's the greatest thing on earth. Imagine if the Ravens could have said, no, Tennessee, go play Kansas City. You presented them a bad matchup last year. I mean, last couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks ago. So go play Kansas City. We'll take Houston. We'll beat Houston because Bill O'Brien's a terrible coach. We'll beat Houston. And then 
either Kansas City is going to beat Tennessee like they ended up doing, or Tennessee is going to beat Kansas City. Either way, Kansas City comes into the next round a little bit banged up, a little bit banged up, a little bit bruised. I think that the Ravens are in the AFC Championship as the number one seed if they got to pick Houston over Tennessee. So I don't see a flaw in this system. Again, to recap here, number one, okay, you create interest from game one to 162 for almost every team. Almost every team will be within five, six, seven games of that seven spot. Think about 2013 for the Royals. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were right there a couple, you know, five, six games out of the second wildcard spot, and we were ready to pop champagne in 2013. You can get that almost every year now. So it creates more attention on the Royals and, and other small market teams and other teams who aren't very good because there's now seven teams in the postseason. So from game one to 162, you're booming. More playoff games equals more games that people care about because people who, again, don't follow baseball from one from one to 162 care about the postseason for some reason. So they're invested. The TV money's there. The playoff bonus checks are there for the players. It's, mutual, it's, it's mutually beneficial for all parties involved. And I think that the only reason that we even question if this is a good decision is because it's baseball and because we are so brainwashed to think about the purity of the game and the old school way of thinking and this and that. You guys were against the second wild card. You guys didn't want to have the second wild card spot. And now it's the most exciting game of the season. So it's time to adapt or die. Because expanding this playoffs has zero, zero problems. There is not a single one because, again, you can't even point to basketball. Number one, they're still outdrawing you in every aspect of fan interest, ticket sales, revenue. Number two, your playoffs would be much better than basketball's because, again, once you play baseball, once you get to the postseason, anything can happen. The Royals had two runs to the World Series in consecutive years that should not have happened logically. Logically, the A's should not have imploded in 2014 wildcard game. Logically, the Astros should not have spilt all over themselves in 2015. But you get those Cinderella stories by letting teams in. And in baseball, that's the, that's the only sport that's prone to that. That's the only sport that you can make that argument of anything is possible. Now, I've went on too long here. So we're going to talk about the Pocota projections and then we're going to preview spring training tomorrow before the first workout of the season. Let me know what you guys think about the uh, new proposed baseball playoff format. You can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. After the break, let's talk about the Pocota projections. We're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Again, I'm Ryland Styles, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So let's quickly talk about the Pocota projections. Really, the argument here, the Pocota projections have always been low on the Royals. The Pocota projections has always have always underrated the Royals, even whenever they went to the AL Championship, won the AL Championship, even whenever they were on the verge of going to back-to-back titles. They were always low 
on the Royals, and it's no different today. They came out today for every division. Let's just focus on the AL Central. The Minnesota Twins come in at number one with 93 wins. The Cleveland Indians come in at number two with 86 wins. The White Sox come in at number three with 82 wins. I would flip-flop the White Sox and Indians personally. You'll see that later this week whenever we start previewing each division. And then four and five. Now, my four and five is the Royals and the Tigers, which is not saying much. I think that both teams will be very bad this year. And if you've listened to this show for the entire month that's been out, a month plus, you'll know that my goal for the season for the Royals has nothing to do with wins and losses. My expectations have nothing to do with wins and losses. The only thing I'm even concerned about with wins and losses is I'd prefer if they didn't lose 100 games. I would hope that this is the year they stop losing 100. Lose 99, lose 98, lose 97, whatever you need to do, but not 100. Here's my gripe, though. Pakoda projects the Tigers to win 69 games. Very nice there with 92 losses. But that's the only thing nice about it because the Royals come in at number 5 with 67 wins. The Royals on no planet are a worse baseball team than the Detroit Tigers. And this might get clipped for Old Ticks Exposed come um, September, come October. But there is no way that the Royals will finish below the Tigers this year. I promise you that. And these Pocota projections are always wrong. But they do a good job in generating interest. I'll, I'll give them that. They put a few things like this in their little algorithm to make sure that certain teams fall certain places. That way we're talking about it. The Mets. The Mets are the best team in the NL East, according to these Pocota projections. The Braves are number three. So, Pocota has a lot of things to figure out before he starts talking about the, the Yale Central and having the Tigers at number four. I mean, give me a break with this. But that'll do it. I, I just wanted to point that out of how idiotic it is that the Kansas City Royals are ranked, are ranked below the Detroit Tigers on the Pocota projections. So, today's show did not include a spring training preview because of how long we went on the playoff format, but that will be tomorrow uh, sometime in the middle of mid-afternoon as we start getting the workouts underway for the Kansas City Royals and start spring training tomorrow. They reported today. First workouts will be tomorrow. It's back. Baseball's back. It's going to be fun. Thank you all for listening to the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Let me know what you guys think about the baseball format, the baseball playoffs, and all that stuff that's being proposed. Uh, the Twitter will, be, Twitter will be in the description of this podcast as always. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you to start the spring training preview tomorrow.